Today we're going to look at the Sabbath together. I want to recall with you guys from Psalm 19. It tells us here, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Okay? Sometimes when we consider God's word and we come to Exodus 20 or hundreds of other commandments in the Bible, we're just like, oh, more rules, more regulations, the law, bummer. No, we should delight in the law of the Lord. Why? Because it's perfect. It converts our souls. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. So there's a lot of good things that come from looking into the law of the Lord. And I can tell you guys, as we consider the Sabbath together this morning, this for me personally has been the hardest of the Ten Commandments for me to go through. This is the one that I struggle with and I've been really confronted by, um, especially in preparation over the last... We were supposed to do this study over two months ago. (laughs) It didn't happen. So God's had me chewing on this for quite a while. So let's take a look together. Our goal again is to know and to worship God. So as we consider the Ten Commandments, we looked at the first one, you shall have no other gods before me. You guys know that the law, it's all about Jesus. You guys know that? It's all about him. It points us to him. He's the only one who's ever fulfilled it. Okay, the law shows us that we need him. We need a savior, and we're only to worship him. Well, pastor, how do I know if I'm worshiping only God? that I haven't put other things above him in first place. Guys, I think our hearts testify of what's really going on. Is God number one in our heart? Because Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, what's going to happen? Our mouth's going to speak, okay? If you aren't talking about God, if he isn't in your speech, you've got to ask yourself, well, what's going on in my heart? Okay? All I want to talk about is, I don't know, pancakes or my cool pajamas or are the Packers going to win? Are those things bad? No. But if that's all that's coming out of our mouths, what's ruling in our hearts? Can we be honest? I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm just trying to be fair. And I I don't know about you guys as a Christian. I want to be tested. (laughs) I want to be confronted with what's right and wrong. And if the things of the Lord, if I'm not in that place of, you know, communing with him, talking with him, thinking about him, speaking about him regularly, if he isn't the foremost thing, then I have to conclude, well, then there's something else in that place. And it's just a good way for us to really examine ourselves. But God is to be number one. Also, we're not to make any carved images You guys may recall when we looked at this, we talked about the things that we idolize, and we have a tendency to do that. But if we idolize something, we're going to end up demonizing that eventually. We see that happen all the time. And it's because we're not made to worship anyone else but God alone. And we live in a day and an age where idolatry, well, I don't bow down to little wooden carved gods or ones that are made out of some type of metal. I know that's just foolishness. Would you guys say there's a lot of other ways to commit idolatry? It's all around us, guys. We put so many people up on pedestals all the time. 
And that's not the way that belongs to God and him alone. And we need to stop it because God is a jealous God, we are told in those verses. And the last one we looked at together is you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So reverencing the name of the Lord really does impact culture, doesn't it? Because right now we live in a culture that's rejecting God. But again, let's be fair and real. Would you guys say blaspheming the name of God using his name in vain is probably the number one swear words that we use? I hear that all the time. OMG, here, there, all that. It's not a reverence for God. And that's what we have today. We're using Jesus Christ as a swear word. It's like, seriously, Savior of the world, we're going to use his name is a bad name. That's the type of respect we have for the living God. And do you guys see our culture? Do we have a culture that's in a place of giving reverence to their creator? No. They're suppressed the truth to the point we say there is no God. That's what's happening. And that's what happens as a fruit of that. So guys, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Because when we do that, we're saying it's worthless. That his name is valueless. And we know it's not because it's the name above all names. There's no other name under heaven by which someone must be saved. Jesus is the most beautiful name of all names, guys. So let's not misuse it. Let's redeem it. And that brings us to the fourth one this morning. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Look at verse 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For six days the Lord made heavens and the earth. Okay, we're going back to Genesis here. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And again, holy means what, guys? Set apart. apart. So the Sabbath day is to be set apart. It is to be different than those six days of work. This is to be a day that God's given really to man to rest. And out of the Ten Commandments, let's be real again, which one is most disobeyed? Do you guys wonder why the fourth commandment maybe has the most to be said about it? You guys look at the other ones. Kind of to the point, but then you get to the Sabbath day, you're just like, huh, man's not going to get this idea of taking one day a week and do nothing. Rest. I'm going to have to explain it to them in detail. I'm going to have to make it really clear for them to grasp this because they're not going to want to do it. How many guys would say that's probably a fair assessment? We live among workaholics. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Either people overwork or they're really lazy. <laughs> let's, say, let's be honest. Because part of this commandment is working too. You shall work six days. There's a lot of people that just don't want to work. Right there, you've missed a lot of what God has laid out in his word for us to be doing. Do you guys know that we are going to be working? Even when Christ 
returns and we come back with him, the millennial kingdom, do you guys know we're going to be working during that time? There's going to be things for us to be doing. I don't think in heaven we're just going to be sitting on little clouds, stuffing our face with some heavenly goodies, worshiping Jesus all day. I think there's going to be things for us to do, okay? If we are hanging out on clouds, stuffing our face, I'm not going to complain, but (laughs) from what we know from God, okay? Even Jesus said, me and my father, we've been working until now, okay? He is at work. And aren't you guys glad that God is at work today? How many guys can testify, God's been working in my life. I see him working in other people's lives. I'm so glad he's still at work. (laughs) And we are co-laborers with him. We get to join in with what God is up to. And God has gifted each one of you guys differently. There's things that we are given to, okay? We are to labor, to work. And we're told in the scriptures, you do this for six days. But we have a tendency, well, got to work Overtime, got to get it done because, hey, that means more money. More money means more fun. If that's what life is really all about, we've missed the point, okay? Life's not about work. It is part of what we do, and what we do with our work is how we honor God. But also we honor God by keeping the Sabbath, by resting. And he's created us. He knows what we need. Okay, there are so many people who are stressed out, depressed, anxious. I think it's because we're overworked. We don't know how to stop. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand, but I will. <laughs> I have a hard time resting. I have a hard time stopping. It doesn't work that well. <laughs> and I look at it as a commandment. God says I need to do it, but just to stop? How is that possible? Well, obviously, there's some rhythm that we have missed if we have a hard time Sabbathing. Because let's be honest, don't a lot of people work all week long to be able to enjoy their weekend? Okay, we work to rest. Is that biblical? Or would God have us to rest to work? Think about that. I don't know about you guys, but if my work, what God has called me to do in life, if, that, if that's to be onto him and to honor him, don't you think coming from a place of rest, being rejuvenated, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to work hard, to give my all. I'm ready to do it. Instead of being from a place of, hey, I'm burnt out, and now I have to rest. <laughs> you know, we are so backwards And when it comes to Sabbathing, guys, it's important. Because here, the seventh day is a holy time, we're told. Okay? It is that time of the week to be set apart. Okay? We worship. It's a holy day. Apart to the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but doesn't there, for us as believers, um, being in God's presence, we know that there's a fullness of joy. But isn't there a refreshing that comes from just having time? Like, oh, (laughs) I'm just going to be. It's nothing I have to do. Even to the Jews, to the point, you know all their preparations for a Sabbath, they're all done beforehand. All the meals, everything that has to happen for them to do nothing on the Sabbath day is already prepared beforehand that they can literally just be, do nothing, worship God. That's pretty cool. But so many of us, we're kind of on a calendar, like, oh, I don't even know if I can make church happen this week. There's so much to get done. 
I don't know, I can't take a day off just to be still, to enjoy the Lord. I don't have time for that. But God, this is one of his commandments. You're being a little legalistic. But again, the Ten Commandments, guys, this isn't just for Jewish people. This is for all people, for all time. Oh, it's okay, though. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Hello? Hello? Back on? All right. Well, let's think about it this way. If we choose to justify breaking the Sabbath day, it would be the exact same as justifying, hey, why don't you just have an affair? Commit adultery. Ah, you can steal. You can lie. That's okay. Wouldn't it be the exact same thing? But don't we do that all the time when it comes to the fourth commandment? That's all right. You don't have to take that serious. God takes it pretty serious. Even to the point, I mean, he lays out a lot of information around here. doesn't matter who you are, what your status is. Even the animals are to have a break once a week. Don't you guys think that's kind of cool? When it comes to the Sabbath, it's equal for all. (laughs) That's what God is saying. This is for everybody. This is for all. It doesn't matter who you are. We are wired. (laughs) Work six days. Work hard. Because as Christians, guys, we want to be the best workers there are. Okay? Because why? We do it unto God for his honor. But we keep the Sabbath day um, holy, set apart. Okay? I remember when I was first getting out of high school, okay, and some of you guys are going to be in that season soon. I had a lot of jobs those first few years out of high school. You guys the same way? It's just like every six months you were at a different place working, you know? I had a season in there. I walked with the Lord. I loved the Lord. I knew that the Sabbath, going to church Sunday was an important thing. In every interview I had and all those different jobs I had, I would go in during the interview and I'd say, hey, I'll be the best employee you have. I'll work really hard. I can't work on Sunday, though. That's the one thing. It was one of those things I had such a conviction, even though it might have been a better job, you know, got paid a little more if I was willing to work weekends. You know, I had that conviction. No, God has called me to honor this day, you know. I'm a pastor and I work every Sunday, so how does that work? That's, again, where this gets convicting, guys. And I'm just going to throw it out there. <clears throat> Mondays are supposed to be my day off. It doesn't happen a whole lot. This has really convicted me big time. I'm going to start turning my phone's off, phone off on Mondays. I'm just going to disconnect, and I'm really going to try to fight for that Sabbath to the point, calendar, nothing <laughs> on there. Can that really happen? Well, it should happen. Why? Because it's what God asks us to do. So I don't know, Sunday may not work for everybody. Whatever the thing is, you take a day off a week. Brings up another question too. Is the Sabbath on a Saturday or a Sunday? I'm not going to exhaust that. But, (laughs) yeah, if you're Jewish, have fun on Saturday. (laughs) If you're not, have fun on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. It doesn't matter. The point is you take off one day a week. That is the point. Okay, you work six, day off. Um, And it's kind of cool here in the West because we have a bunch of Judea-Christian nation. We get weekends off, okay, two days, so praise God, right? Um, But again, we've been created to create, to work hard, to honor God in that. 
Um, so I want to ask the question, how do you find religious rhythm in your life? Okay? I don't think if we, if we miss the Sabbath, if we don't make that a priority during the week, we're going to miss it. And how many of you guys have done that where you missed a Sunday, something was going on, not normal, and you felt like your whole next week was just off? You know, I didn't have that time with the Lord. I wasn't in fellowship. <laughs> I just, it just feels off, you know. And I don't know how many brothers and sisters over the years I've talked to. It's just like, I don't even go to church anymore. You know, there's just always something going on. Missed a few Sundays, and now we just haven't been back, sorry, in months, pancakes. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, this safeguards us and it helps us. So we want to find what helps us to get into that rhythm of a healthy Sabbath and what helps you with that. And I would say don't do your work, what you do all week long, okay? For me, I spend a lot of time working up here, okay? And it's draining, but I have a hard time turning off my brain then when the Sabbath day comes. Like I can't be reading... Those type of books, <laughs> you know, or on my computer doing that type of work. I got to do something to be really different. And I would encourage you guys, find something. Sabbath doesn't mean that we don't do nothing. We still can do things. Enjoy the day off. Have fun. But do something different from your normal work. That's the point, okay? And make it purposeful. Make it a day that really is unto the Lord. Um... It's kind of unlike the Israelites, okay? They were living there in Egypt, which every day, you know, they had the same work, okay? Um, they were utterly vulnerable, um, but then God comes, sets them free, and they have this new life. And in this new life that they have in Christ, this freedom that they found from God, they can now enjoy a day off from their labors. It is a gift, and a lot of people don't look at it as a gift, but the Sabbath is for man. You guys understand that? Jesus made that very clear. You guys familiar with John Newton? Amazing Grace guy wrote that song. He was a slave trader and then got saved. He wrote about a kite that was soaring high, but so wanted to be set free. He felt so confined from his string that it kept him bound to the earth till one day it broke free but it couldn't soar away, but instead plunged to the ground. I feel like that's the Sabbath for us, guys. Okay? That is how we're going to soar. It is needed. It helps us be grounded really in our faith in this life. So we need laws, and laws are really for our protection and our provision. So when we look at the Ten Commandments, we don't look and say, well, <sighs> God, this is a bummer. <laughs> you know, I, which one of these commandments is really a bummer? Aren't these really good things for us? Okay? I don't like being lied to. <laughs> I shouldn't lie to others. I don't like when people take my stuff. I don't like if some dude's hitting on my wife. <laughs> okay? And as a Christian, man, it's just right to honor God, to worship him to live for him, to enjoy him once a day. So, 
Laws are there to protect us and for our provision, okay? Um, I got to go to Israel a couple years ago, okay? And that was kind of fun because everything shuts down in Israel on the Sabbath. All the shops are closed. Everything shuts down. Why? Because they're going to honor God. They're going to trust God. I kind of think of Chick-fil-A. You guys ever try to go there on a Sunday? Ain't going to go over too well, right? But do you guys know their profit margin is so much higher than all the other fast food places that are open seven days a week? Why? Because the owners trust God and say, hey, God's going to provide for us. Even if it means our competitors are out there, you know, and they're open seven days a week, we're going to close our doors and we're going to trust God to provide. And I think that's the same thing for you and I. Are we going to trust God? Well, I have to work because of this. Do you really? I would argue we probably could get more done if we actually honored God in the Sabbath. If we were working from a place of rest, you know. And I didn't dig into it, but I've seen some studies where people in the workplace, when employees are taken care of and they actually have rest, their productivity is so much higher. So they've found more work comes from less time if they've rested rightly. And it's like, oh, go figure. (laughs) Sounds like maybe God knows what he's talking about. Anyways, so one of the fun things is just kind of like a side note from when we were over in Israel. The Jews go to a point where they can't push a button because they would consider that work. Okay, and it was fun. I don't know if you remember, but we are one of the hotels. I forget which, which one it was. You know, hey, there's the elevator. No one can push the elevator button. You have all these Jews waiting for a Gentile to get on the elevator so they could jump on with them to get a ride. And it's just like, oh, boy. And again, I think they've missed the heart of (laughs) the Sabbath, okay? Again, guys, (laughs) it's not about being legalistic but it's really about having that time where you're set apart from your normal work to enjoy, to have time off. And, you know, I felt bad for those Jewish people. I don't know what they were doing, if they were on holiday, why they were at a hotel, but they couldn't just enjoy getting down to the buffet to enjoy breakfast because of their legalism of the Sabbath. Okay, and again, we need to understand the intent behind God's heart in setting this day apart to be holy, okay? So we have twin idols when it comes to the Sabbath of work and comfort, okay? In our country, we got Saturdays and Sundays off. A lot of people think life is all about comfort, okay? I don't see that in the scriptures, okay? I would see that as a mentality that we have, you know? It's just like, hey, we're comfortable, who cares? No, we work hard, (laughs) and then we rest hard, okay? But I see a lot of people, they work to, you know, maybe play hard or get this bigger house or this thing, and they're just completely fried, and there's that tension there, and it really does come back around to idolism because I want this, and I have to forsake and break the fourth commandment in order to have that. So... Jesus, again, did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them, okay? So there's many reasons that come around the Sabbath, but one of the big things is we come to that place of rest. Again, even in here, it brings us back to Genesis 2 and 3. God, for six days, okay, he breathed 
right? Remember the sixth day, he breathed. He spoke these things into existence and he breathed the life into man. Pretty cool, right? And then he inhaled on the seventh day. You guys ever use that term? I just need to catch my breath. That's the Sabbath, guys. That's what God did. Take a day. Catch your breath. Not that God needed to, but we do. And again, that's why the Sabbath is given. It's for us. So I think it's good to remember the work of Jesus. Make it purposeful. A holy day set apart. Be with his people. Prepare for eternal rest. It also mirrors the rhythms of God, which we see in creation there. And it's also to save others and ourselves from ourselves. Okay? Um, Are workaholics fun to be around? No. Right? I think it's good to have days off. I think a lot of good memories can be made if we do Sabbath well. Also, we'll learn the difference between time and energy management. You guys know there's a difference between the two? Okay? Um, I think it's good to be um, mindful of those things. Also, a few of the things that will really kill a Sabbath for us as believers is if we have a poor work ethic. Because I believe six days is enough to get everything done that we need to get done. Okay? If we're not working hard, yeah, there's still going to be things that need to get done. But if we got a good work ethic, hey, I got time. (laughs) More than enough time. Also, I think another Sabbath killer is religious rules. People can get so legalistic about the Sabbath, okay? Um, Even to the point where people say, if you don't keep the Sabbath day, you're going to go to hell, okay? Again, guys, aren't we told in the New Testament, let no one judge you concerning Sabbaths, holy days, festivals, those things. Again, Jesus makes it very clear, guys, that the Sabbath is for man. We're not saved because we keep the Sabbath, okay? We get saved and we enjoy the Sabbath because God has given it to us as a gift. Um, Also, observing the Sabbath day without a Sabbath heart. Does that make sense? Some of us can get very legalistic. I just have to do this, but then you miss out on the blessing of the Sabbath because you're doing it with the right, wrong type of heart. It's not being enjoyed. It's just another work, another thing that has to get done. And I think that's the thing that God is most concerned with is with our heart towards him when it comes to the commandments. Um, A pharaoh, okay? Maybe you work for someone who makes you work on the Sabbath. You have no choice. Actually, you do have a choice. Peace out, (laughs) you know? It's one of those things, am I going to honor God or am I going to honor man? You know, yeah, we got to work, but if you're not getting a Sabbath day, if you're not getting one day off in seven days, you need to find a different job. Um, Not planning your Sabbath, okay? It's good. Put it in your calendar, pencil it in, whatever. Resting from work instead of resting for your work can be another killer. And also, I'm going to end with this thought um, when it comes to different things really can kill your Sabbath is stimulants instead of Sabbath. True rest. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to binge something on TV. Does that refresh your soul, guys? (laughs) 
cool, I need to know what you're watching. Because most shows, and there are shows that you watch and legitimately might lift you up and you feel encouraged or maybe even energized. But I would say almost everything I've ever watched, I don't feel more energized after I watched it. I don't feel more refreshed. Is a way to maybe take my mind off of things for an hour, you know, but it's not soul-giving. It doesn't build you up, okay? Um, so whatever those stimulants might be, okay, and it, can't, it can be a lot of other things besides television, but try to find things, guys, that will really refresh your soul, okay? Um, so I'm prone to worship work or comfort is the problem for most people. That's idolatry. And I'm also prone to kill myself for my job, or am I actually uh, tending to put play at the center of my life where really is just the fruit of being immature and irresponsible? And again, guys, that's where we trust God. And I think a mark of maturity is Sabbathing well with a Sabbath, Sabbathing heart. So how does this practically play out in our lives? I would say we'd have to repent. If you don't Sabbath well with a Sabbath heart, you got to repent, guys. It's the same thing. You don't lie. You don't steal. You don't cheat. We need to repent and do what God's asked us to do. So you guys can jot down Exodus 31, verse 12. I'm not going to read this. It's a little later in Exodus. This was actually what the study was supposed to be. But this is to a point where people get stoned if they don't keep the Sabbath day. Okay, God takes his law very, very seriously. You can also jot down Numbers 15.32, okay? (coughs) Again, here we have a man um, who uh, is stoned to death for not keeping the Sabbath. And I do want to read this. This is what Jesus said about the Sabbath out of Luke chapter 2. He says, now it happened... That as he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, that he and his disciples, they began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath day? Because they looked at taking the grain off the wheat as being work. You're not supposed to be working. You're not supposed to be preparing food, making food on the Sabbath day. Well, look what Jesus says in verse 25. But he said to them, have you not read that David did When he was in need and hungry, he and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and he ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and gave some to those who were with him. And then he said, the Sabbath was made for man. Okay, this is God speaking. The Sabbath, the day of rest, is made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. You guys understand that Jesus is our Sabbath. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And we enjoy him. We find our rest in him. That's how we've been created. And so many of us want to get legalistic about the Sabbath, and they miss Jesus altogether. And that's what these religious Pharisees got caught up into. It was all about the laws and the regulations of the Sabbath rather than the heart of the Sabbath. And that being Jesus himself, guys. And the beautiful thing, (laughs) his rest, that Sabbath rest, is that something we as believers only can enter in 
one day out of seven? Or is that something that's available to us all the time? Have you guys ever found Sabbath rest while you're working? When I'm in that sweet spot with Jesus, whoa, my soul's being refreshed. I'm finding strength even though it's been a long day. I'm enjoying the Lord. I'm experiencing his grace, guys. And I would say, yeah, one day a week is needed, okay? Nothing but Jesus, Sabbath well. <laughs> but also, we can Sabbath daily. So um, my one last thought, there's a couple other things I want to share with you guys a little bit. Um, but on the lines of Sabbath, um, well, Pastor, what happens when an emergency pops up? You guys know what I'm talking about? I wasn't planning on that on my nothing day, my Sabbath day. What do I do? What do you guys think Jesus would tell you to do? Take care of it, okay? What happens if your ox falls in the ditch on the Sabbath day? What did Jesus say? Wait to the next, right? No, you go take care of your ox. Don't let them be in there. But pastor, it seems like I have an emergency every Sabbath that comes up. You need life management skills or something. (laughs) Things need to change if there's always something, if there's always an emergency. You need to learn some healthy balances. You need to get things set in place. So emergencies, take care of them. That's part of life. If they're regularly happening, something's messed up in your life and you need to get help. Ask some brothers and sisters to come around you and help you get those things organized. So, Sabbathing. I want to talk about sabbatical a little bit. Um, I'm going to be taking a sabbatical this spring. It's been about six years since I've been on a sabbatical. Uh, It's something that I'm excited about. I think it's going to be good for uh, my family. It's going to be good for our church family in a lot of ways. Um, but the purpose of a sabbatical is an extended Sabbath rest, okay? So I'm going to take off from April uh, 16th to August 15th, so it's going to be four months. We're going to have a few of you guys here are going to be teaching during that time. Uh, Brother Jonathan Men, who's part of equipping church leaders uh, East Africa, is going to be coming in and taking 10 of those weeks, walking through the book of First Timothy with our church family which really is all about church function and how we work together as the body and what God has designed for uh, a local church and how that's to look and play out. So I'm bringing up the sabbatical uh, (coughs) this morning because it really does fit with the idea of Sabbathing and just how needed that is. Now, I'm going to share with you guys, because for the four months I'm gone, I'm not just going to be in solitude (laughs) praying. That's going to be a part of it. That'll be the initial part uh, of my time. I'm going to be going to a conference. There's uh, four guys in our church uh, family here who is going through some pastoral training right now. Uh, There's going to be a conference we're going to be taking in in May during that time. Some of those guys may be coming on that. But then we're going to be taking some vacation time as a family. We're going to take a long road trip. And then the last part um, of the sabbatical time is actually going to be some furthering education training when it comes to leadership and discipleship. One of the convictions I have as a church leader, as a pastor, is I only can lead people as far as I've gone. I don't know if any of you guys share that same conviction 
but as a parent, <laughs> as a discipler, which we're all called to make disciples, don't you guys feel like we only can bring people so far? Like, I, if I haven't gone down the road there myself, how am I going to teach? How am I going to lead in that way? And you guys know that's one of the things that we really want to do here at Freedom Well is discipleship. You know, it's one thing, hey, we can know the word, but what are we actually doing with the word? And that's one of those things we take church serious because church is given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So I desire to uh, lead by example in that way. That's why I need prayer and help. But I'm going to be taking a 40-day leadership experience is what it's called with tent makers. How many of you guys are familiar with that ministry? A few of you guys? Um, and this is going to be purposeful just to give time to really building uh, in relationship, time with the Lord, solitude, uh, learning new spiritual disciplines, actually fleshing them out, going deeper. It's going to be up in northern Minnesota, um, so I may come back with an accent. <laughs> um, but it's way up north. They have, um, I forget what they call it up there, Wilderness North, is that what they call it? The boys went last year. Anyways, I'll share with that in a study. There's going to be a ton of reading, tons of study. It comes a lot around leadership, discipleship, training. And that's something I really want to be able to come back with and get us pouring into one another in such ways. Because you guys know that's what Jesus has asked us to do. He hasn't asked us to do big programs or, hey, build a mega church. I don't find those things in Scripture. Do you guys? God says, go make disciples. You know, and think about that. If we all took that serious this next year, you know, I've been equipped. I've been discipled well. Now I can go do that and share with others, disciple others in that same way. If we all just did that in this next year, there'd be twice as many people loving Jesus, right? On mission. That's a good thing. So uh, one of the things that they emphasize, um, I just want to share a little bit about this ministry. Um, it really hits on uh, these different training objectives, okay, when it comes to being a disciple, being in a place of leadership. We know that knowledge needs to be foundation. We need to be grounded in the word of God. Jesus is that rock for us. But also, how do we accomplish what God's calling us to do with the knowledge that we've been given. Like, what do we do? Well, you need the right attitude. I don't know about you guys, but some of us have stinking attitudes. <laughs> we got to constantly be renewing our minds and thinking things biblically the way God does. We also need the skills given. So skills are really what we do with the knowledge or how we apply the knowledge. And attitudes are the feelings and the emotions that we have in doing um, or our action, so that it's really the spirit in which people act. So what would be the focus of most in, you know, learning environments um, is really through things that we've experienced. And I know that's part of what Tent Makers does, is they give you a lot of hands-on opportunity uh, to experience and go. So um, we know that the percentage of imparting knowledge within church and ministries it's about 90% of what they do. We're going to learn stuff, okay? But any success that comes from what we have, about 85% of success comes from that skills and attitude. Because we can know the word of God really well here at Freedom, but do we have a right attitude when it comes to his word? 
Do we have the skills in being fishers of men and sharing that with other people? And I would say we do, but we could do it a lot better. And I don't know if any of you guys carry that same conviction. I want to grow until the day Jesus takes me home. You know, I want to be kicking when I'm old for the kingdom. I want to finish the race well. I don't want to waste my life. And that's something that I so love about tent makers. Last February, I took a breakthrough weekend with them. And it was one of those things, they threw out a lot of information. And I'm grounded in the Lord. (laughs) But it got me thinking on things I don't normally think about. It's like, all right, I have this firm foundation. I know the word of God. But what am I going to do? What is my ministry going to look like when I'm in my 50s, in my 60s, in my 70s? And if Lord Terry's I still want to be kicking in my 80s for Jesus, okay? And you actually look and really set some goals like, hey, these are practical things you need to do to get set up for that type of life. And again, guys, if there's things that we can do to do that, I think it'd be awesome. So we're going to go through a lot of different things. Tent Makers brings you around all these different skills that are very important in our life. You guys can look at this chart. We can say, hey, I, I get a lot of those different parts of life, and I have skills. But when I went through all this stuff, there were certain areas where it's just like, oh, I'm clueless in that area of my life. <laughs> I'm not doing well there. I need to grow. And one of those things for me personally, it kind of comes around that relational part of my life and just how can I do relationship better with people and grow in that way. So what I'm going to be asking of you guys is to partner with me. One of the things they want me to do is to raise the support to do this 40 days. It costs almost seven grand to do. And again, I'm not want to pressure anybody to do this, but if it's something you guys would prayerfully consider and if God would have you pray, be a prayer partner or help support in that, I would love for you guys to join in with me on that. Um, I got some, actually, if the kids want to hand out um, some of those flyers, you can do that right now. I got a little letter that explains a lot more about tent makers, um, but I don't want to spend a whole time talking about it. I just want to throw out the resource because it's something that we have been participating in and seeing a lot of good things. Uh, These are different things that they offer, okay? They have breakthrough experience. That's that thing I took in last February. I went way up to northern Minnesota uh, to partake in it. Uh, It was a really neat time. We had age groups of all different types of people (laughs) that were there. But the Spirit of God moved in a really neat way. Um, And it's a weekend. And I know that they have them locally, too. Um, I think they're going to have one in Appleton this next year. They also have Bridge Builders. That's a relational ministry. They also have a weekend thing for teachers. And this is how we got introduced to it. Sonny took um, a weekend. They call it Daniel Weekend or, yeah, for teachers because we have a lot of our brothers and sisters who are working in public schools. And you guys know what we're not allowed to preach in a public school? Jesus. But you know we actually can lawfully. (laughs) There are ways that teachers can engage with students in sharing the Lord. And I know Sunny just taking in that weekend, she has a heart. She's in uh, different public schools all the time. But since she went on that weekend, the way she's praying, our family's praying for those opportunities in the schools. And just, would you say, Sunny, we're seeing a lot more fruit in the schools just since that time, engaging with other staff who are believers and just seeing God move. 
And it's one of those things, guys, it's not that tent makers has it all together or they're doing ministry perfect, but there's something about when we take time just to be set apart, to get challenged, to get equipped, and to get encouraged. And I think that's the best thing tent makers does is you find encouragement in who you are in Christ and what he's calling you to. Uh, so they have those. They have longer um, courses. If you guys know any young men, 12, 13, or 14, both you, Ryan, and Finn went last year. Um, and they were just gone a week. They're living on the land <laughs> out in the middle of the wilderness. I mean, they're out in the canoes in the middle of the night navigating by stars. Like, they're learning crazy life skills, but everything comes back around Jesus, okay, and him being the foundation. And what they were able to take in in just a week's time was phenomenal. I, I haven't seen anything for young men that equip them in such a way. Um, <clears throat> they also have a leadership quest, which... Uh, Lance and Lydia, we've talked about that a little bit, maybe taking some of our youth kids too. Uh, again, this is all leadership-driven. Then they have the 40-Day Leadership Institute. And then if any of you guys are in a place in life, I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> and you want a year to grow and serve, they have a whole year on mission where these guys go on missions trips, they get assigned to different churches or ministries, and they partake in that. Um, with me doing the 40-day, we may have interns in the future. One of the things, we could be a host church for uh, people taking year on mission, and they would come and serve with the church. Who knows what that might look like. But these are just a few of the things that they do. But I want to be intentional with my sabbatical, okay? Um, and part of it is to find that solitude, rest, okay, which is really needed, but also making family time a priority, and then a bulk of that time is going to be spent with this. So I would love for you guys praying for me. If the Lord leads you to support, that would be awesome. I have four minutes left. So I want to share with you guys, because it is New Year's Day. When's the last time we had church on New Year's Day? 2023. How many guys would th thought we'd even make it to 2023? Show I mean, I thought Jesus was going to come back. But I know his heart's long-suffering. We don't know when he's actually coming back. But then COVID was supposed to kill us all. I mean, COVID did kill a lot of people, but I thought I was going to be a few, doing funerals every week. Like, literally, when it first started, I thought that was going to be my life. Um, I am an optimist. <laughs> That's why I need a sabbatical. <laughs> all right. New year. Okay, next steps for this new year. I just want to go through a few things with you in the last three minutes we have here. Um, would you guys say Sabbathing would be a really good thing? Being purposeful to Sabbath well with a Sabbath heart. Would you guys say amen? That would be a good thing. Something else I want to throw out there is let's look back before looking forward. I know a lot of sermons are being preached today, okay, about reaching that goal resolutions, okay, not that those are bad things, but the older I get, I feel like the best for me in moving forward in good ways is actually examining, looking back, okay, what are the highs and the lows, what did I do well, and how could that be better, where did I blow it, where do I need to repent, where does some reconciliation maybe need to happen, what are some things maybe I need to just stop and give to the Lord, <laughs> and just press on. I need to let it go completely because it's keeping me from what God has set before me. So I think, guys, in my encouragement, look back before we do a lot of looking forward, okay? Also, evaluate your responsibilities. 
And I think that's a huge mark of Christian maturity. What is God asking of me? What are my responsibilities? And am I doing it? Am I stepping up, doing what I need to do? Also, take a good long look at yourself. Fireworks! It's midnight! All right, this is the one scripture I want to share with you guys in light of this next year. It comes from Ephesians chapter 5. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Would you guys say that's a pretty big exhortation from God? Walk circumspectly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Isn't that the biggest thing? Last night, we went and looked at Christmas lights. We drove around, had some hot chocolate. My wife's all trying to be spiritual. Hey, guys, how can we honor God more this next year as a family, which is totally cool. But then she's like, what are you guys praying for for this next year? You know, and I'm feeling like such a loser. I'm like, man, my, my prayer is just like, I just want to be in the will of God. Like, I don't know. I just want to be able to discern <laughs> what the will of God is. Because it's not about this or that unless God wants it to be about this or that. So it's one of those things, hey, understand, don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. You guys know that God cares about relationships. Okay, he doesn't care about us just showing up, praising the Lord, listening to land and preach a little, peace out. No, let's actually pour into one another's lives. Let's speak to one another, okay? In psalms, in hymns. I was just talking with a brother earlier how cool hymns are, the theology that's there, okay? We can talk about the things of the Lord being filled with the Spirit, speaking to each other in these hymns and these spiritual songs, singing together. You guys know that's a big part of what we get to do. We get to worship Jesus together, right? Worship the Lord, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always. Again, being thankful is huge for the things God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty good verse going into the new year? I think so. All right, two more things. Evaluate godliness and relationships. Because there's a lot of things we can evaluate in life, but I would say those are the most important. Are you walking rightly with Jesus? Are you abiding in him? Okay? And how are your relationships? Okay? Because what is life about, guys? It's about relationships. Our relationship with God, number one, and then loving one another. Okay? And then, last thing, don't make resolutions, make goals. There's a big difference. Man, I'm going to the gym. Well, what happens when you don't make it to the gym next Friday? I'm done for the rest of the year. But if you have a goal, hey, I'm set out, I want to be healthy, okay? Little bodily exercises, it it, it helps a little, the Bible says, right? Godly does helps a lot, but a little bit of exercise is a good thing. It profits a little. So whatever your resolution is going to be, it could be a lot of different things. Don't do the resolution because it's so easy to give up on. But if you have a goal set out there, I want to be healthy because I want to serve the Lord better. So even if I pick out this afternoon while the Packers are playing the Vikings because they're losing so badly, whatever, or they're playing the Lions today, or whoever they're playing. Anyways, <laughs> whatever it is, we don't give up because, hey, that wasn't the goal. <laughs> Do you guys understand there's a difference there? 
So really pray and ask the Lord, hey, what's the goal this next year? What is the goal? And it might be simply, hey, being closer to the Lord, making a point to spend time in his word every day, to pray every day. Maybe it's only five minutes every day. Well, if you do it every day for five minutes, it's going to be a lot more minutes than last year, right? You know, so whatever that is. Anyways, I could talk more about that. I just want us to be looking towards the Lord in what he has because I believe that he has good in view. That's our God. I think loving and serving each other is the key to those things happening. So why don't we stand and we will pray together as we start 2023. Well, Father, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to stand with these brothers and sisters of mine this morning. God, we are so grateful for your faithfulness, God. Lord, we don't know what this next year may hold, but we know that you're going to be faithful in it, God, because that's who you are, and you are good. Lord, even in the hard things in this life, you are there with us, God, and you can even work those things out for good. Lord, so we're here looking to you, asking for grace and wisdom, insight, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, just plant within our heart just godly goals, things that would be in your heart for us as your kids. And Father, we believe part of that is loving you well, God, knowing you more, enjoying you more, and loving our brothers and sisters, those of the household of faith, God, and those that we would call neighbors. God, you've called us to love all people. Show us how we can do that practically purposefully for your glory. I do pray that you would bless each and every one of these guys just with wisdom from you. Lord, help us to have right attitudes. Teach us how to give thanks in all things. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts up that there would be new songs, melodies of praise, Lord, that we can sing to you and share with one another. That we would be a people who worship you well. Worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we pray for our church family here. We do pray that you would bless the efforts of this ministry, that we would keep it about you. God, that people would be so encouraged and built up. Father, that living on mission, discipling, living for you would just be so natural, Father, and just be just a part of our culture here that it would just be who we are, that we wouldn't have to play games or try to play church, but just be the church. Be who we are as your people. So please, Father, have your way. Let your will be done in our lives. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen.